0: Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business.
1: Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, believe it or not, we are talking with someone who is back in Colorado. Yay! Yeah, you, know, you gotta love that. And and you know, more importantly, you gotta love the fact that we have guests from around the world, but it's always fun to talk to somebody in my home state. Um so please join me in welcoming
0: Virginia Phillips to our program today. Welcome, Virginia. Uh, hello, and thank you for having me on. To and, and welcome to all of the listeners who are tuning in. I I love the fact that I can get on a radio like yours and talk to people around the world. I know, you know, we, we love technology. It
1: doesn't always cooperate, but when it does, it is such a powerful tool. And that is one of the things that we actually talk about, you know, quite frequently during the programs is it has become a very small world. You know, if you, yeah. if you're a brick and mortar store, it's a little bit diff you know, different, but if you provide something that is, you know, it can be provided online you really can reach people around the world. And and that's what is so cool about technology. And then you add in the fact that we can be talking with people around the world and connecting (laughs) with them and making those business associations. It's just, you know, it it really is a small world and it's a very cool time to be doing business.
0: It is. I I fully agree with that.
1: Great. Well, before we really get going on this, because we're going to have so much fun today, let me tell people just a little bit about you. So best-selling author, speaker, and award-winning coach, Virginia Phillips, wants you to dream, create, and profit. She believes that when you can be more proactive, future-focused, and strategically plan, you will find your business is easier to run. It all starts with self-leadership, and Virginia Phillips has been building leaders for decades, and she wants you to capitalize on your actions and your talents with increased Simplicity and efficiency. So again, Virginia, welcome to our program. Thank you. You know, and I love that concept that, that I just spoke about with you because I think as entrepreneurs, as small business owners, we spin our wheels a lot. And, you know, and, and so many times we spin our wheels so much that we dig ourselves into a hole that we can't get out of and we give up. So yes. you know you have so many tips and techniques, and you've got this great book. Yes, you can. And then your your um online world where you work with entrepreneurs. But let's kind of go a little bit back in the past. You know, we we back to the future, back forward to the past. However, we want to say it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and talk to us about how it is that you started this company, which is called the Academy of Entrepreneurial Excellence. But how did you start your
0: organization, and why? Well, I'm I'm grateful you asked that. I do not have those entrepreneurial dreams. Like from when I was a little girl that I'm going to open my own business mm-hmm. and and change the world. That that was not me. I grew up in an entrepreneurial world, mm-hmm. but decided I wanted to be in corporate America. Right. That I had it all planned out mm-hmm. how I was going to be in corporate America for forever. And life made some changes for me. Mm -hmm. I could no longer do the job that I excelled at in corporate America Mm -hmm. and needed to reinvent myself, Mm -hmm. which I did and put on my entrepreneur shoes. And I haven't looked back. Great. When I put on my entrepreneur shoes. I took all of those skills that I had from corporate America and dealing with their biggest crises and building leaders, mm-hmm. standing up businesses through mergers and acquisitions, and just flunked that into the entrepreneurial world and stood up a business where I am helping entrepreneurs stand up their business to create themselves as their best leader to create great. Um, small businesses for America and businesses really, truly around the world. Mm-hmm. Well, and what you say is so
1: true. You know, there are people who really, you know, have that entrepreneurial spirit from when they were little. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, I know this one uh, young man who, you know, absolutely delighted to to be able to go back to Colorado in May to watch him graduate from high school. He started selling things on eBay when he was like six years old, um, right. you know, and, and doing all these various things. And, and he's had his own business for several years, you know, and all these things. And that's great for those people. But there really are so many people that, for whatever reason, prefer corporate America. You know, there's the, you know, there's the safety in it. Some people mm-hmm. just, you know, they don't, they don't want to have to be an entrepreneur. Let's just be blunt about it, um, you know, because that's a totally different mindset. It is. Then, so, you know, but so many people end up being, you know, shall we say forced into it either by their choice or you know, maybe they got fired, you know, they got downsized, huh? all these various things. And so I love that that is your perspective on things as opposed to, you know, that the little kid who was, you know, the, the sixth grade, you know, phenom, you know, it, how in the heck do you deal with the rest of us who are like drug
0: into being an entrepreneur kicking and screaming? <laughs> I don't know that it was really kicking and screaming but I certainly did mourn my corporate career right that's that that was my identity mm-hmm. I had to put on a new identity embrace that identity mm-hmm. and Get an, to a point in my business that I could call myself a successful entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. There are many of us that find ourselves in those shoes for right. exactly the reasons you just talked about. And, and when you go on podcasts and, and listen to radio stations, they don't talk about those stories. No, <laughs> you know they, they they approach it from the fact of you've always
1: wanted to be an entrepreneur, and it's like no, you know, and even. If you've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, you know, you grew up dreaming about having your own business. It is a totally different skill set and a mindset. And I think one of the the pitfalls is that we tend to think we have to do it on our own. You know, we can't ask mm-hmm. for help. We shouldn't have to ask for help because, hello, we're smart enough that we started our own business.
0: And that's not the case. Mm-mm. You're right. It's absolutely not the case, but everybody experiences pivots in their life, mm-hmm. whether you you are single and then you get married and then you get married and have kids and then the kids grow up and leave the house. I mean, just in, in those few examples, mm-hmm. there are lots of pivots people right. make with their activities and what they do and what's important to them. But that is the case in our professional careers, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we might start working at McDonald's or a retail facility. But that isn't typically where we end up. Mm -hmm. We make our own journey and our own pivots through life. And that is why I think we all need to work together because everybody's perspective is so different.
1: Right. You know, and nobody has a totally unique experience anymore. I mean, you know, we all like to think we're special, but we're not that special, you know, and, and that's where it helps to be able to work with someone like you. Because, you know, we, we might be lost. We might, you know, we might have something that has come up where it's like, oh, now what the heck do I do? And, you know, so tell us a little bit more about the
0: Academy of Entrepreneurial Excellence and what you do. Yeah, so that, that really started for me to bring in those leadership skills that I have to help other people become their own self-leader, because at mm-hmm. least in America, and from what I've learned about most of the rest of the world, we do not teach children to become good leaders. Right. We don't they're, they're teach. taught to be part of the team. Yes. Yes. And I have that skill set where I can not only teach you to be a good leader, but mm-hmm. I can then help you teach your clients to be better self-leaders because when they can make better decisions, they are going to be better clients. Right. So I I started my business there mm-hmm. teaching people how to be their own self-leader and that still is a Big core of my business. Mm-hmm. Now, now, why me? Why? Why do I have those skills? One is because when you are dealing with some of the worst crises, you have to develop those skills, mm-hmm. or, or it goes south for you. Right. <laughs> Two is I've also studied leadership and communication more than most people on the planet. Mm -hmm. So I bring those skills together and offer them to my clients to help them move their business forward. But we also talk about things like the foundational pieces to your business. Mm -hmm. Like let's establish a business plan. Let's understand what your business model in is. Let's understand who your ideal client is and what you are selling. Mm -hmm. Those are all Really important pieces to a business, but most business owners don't take the time to do that anymore.
1: Right. You know, we think, oh, we've got this great idea for a product or a service and we just leap into it. You know, and, and as you said, we don't plan. And I think that's probably, you know, obviously one of the biggest pitfalls and the biggest reasons why any business fails, you know, small, medium, large, whatever it is, that we don't plan. And, you know, and, and we do just leap into it. You know, we, we think, you know, what we have is fantastic. We don't have a marketing plan. We don't have a business plan. You know, you and I, before the program started, we were talking about our virtual assistants, you know, and, and uh, all these various pieces have to fall into place or at least be in play
0: before we can have a successful business. Right. Right. And and many folks don't feel like they can afford those pieces. Mm -hmm. So they don't incorporate them into their business. And that all goes back to if you plan correctly, there are things like bartering services Mm -hmm. with other folks that you can incorporate into your business until you can get to a point of time right. where you can afford those services. Mm-hmm. Well and you know it, it
1: is hard especially when you start out because every single penny has to be pinched and yeah. you know and, and so we do try and do it on our own and and that's where we have mistakes you know say mm-hmm. we you know we're a, a plumber. And we develop a website that's not any good, you know, because we didn't know Mm -hmm. what we were doing or started a Mm -hmm. Facebook page and didn't know what we were doing there. (coughs) Excuse me. I tend to have what I call the 15 minute rule. But, you know, it took me a while to be in business before I created this. If it's going to take me longer than 15 minutes to do it, I should have someone else do it. You know, whether it's an attorney, my CPA, my virtual assistant, you know, a marketing person, whoever, and, and it that's hard because say my website I love tinkering on my website and you know adding new things and all that stuff it's just not the best use of my time I mean you know to, to be blunt about it it's really not and so that's where we have to think about it is what is our cost to to do it and then unfortunately sometimes what is the cost to fix it and and does it make more better sense <laughs> you know I love that, you know throwing words like mm-hmm. that in. to mm-hmm. hire it out you know or barter I mean you know as you mentioned there are so many ways where we can barter with people you know it makes accounting a little bit more complicated and and it can be you know it can have its pitfalls but if you do bartering right holy
0: schmoly. exactly exactly it can really build your business and there are some cultures of the world that do an extremely good job mm-hmm. of bartering right and then they there are only other cultures. Barter. Mm-hmm. Right. And there are other cultures of the world that it were were clueless. Mm-hmm. We're well, clueless. And, and
1: it's tricky because it it has to be very clearly understood what you are bartering for. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and, and we've all probably fallen into this where it's well just can, can you do a little bit more? Yeah, can't can't you do that for me? Um you know and I'm crinkling up my nose as I say that because you know we don't mean to take advantage of the other person or, <clears throat> excuse me, we also get taken advantage of, and it's, it's those simple things of, well, can't you just do a little bit more, um, you know, and, and so, you know, that's where you, before you do a bartering thing, you have to be very clear about it, you know, what are they going to provide? How many hours are they going to spend on it? All of those various
0: things. And, and like in a, in a bartering contract, whether it's written or verbal, mm-hmm. whether it's, it's officially signed or not officially signed, informal or formal, you choose what works for you. But just like in business, you need to have an exit strategy. Right. This is, you just pointed out, Deb, they don't always work as mm-hmm. you put on paper that they should work. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, you want to be able to get out mm-hmm. of it. One of the gentlemen that, that I also just interviewed and learned a ton from, he says, don't, don't overcommit. Mm-hmm. Commit to two things. Start by committing to two things you'll do for one another oh. per year mm-hmm. and not, not commit to the fact like I will do X, Y, and Z for you by the 15th. Mm-hmm. And the 15th is three days from now. Mm-hmm. That that puts you into a time bind, and as a new entrepreneur or a small business owner, time is always your most valuable commodity. Right. You want to give yourself the flexibility and the time. Make the promise, mm-hmm. but open up that window for when you are going to deliver to that person. Mm-hmm. And initially, don't promise the whole house. Mm-hmm promise a small promise and then work up to right. a larger promises mm-hmm. yeah you know, absolutely where i've seen barters fail is
1: when someone on either side places it as a low priority you know and mm-hmm. and you should be thinking of it as a monetary exchange you know and and because then you obviously place a higher priority on it you know, and and that I think is is you know one of the and I'll be honest that's where I have had downfalls because I thought Ugh, you know I'm just trading for this and and my paying clients come first
0: mm-mm, mm-mm, no
1: I know bad bad bad
0: mm-hmm. no no I'm shaking my head because there is as much credibility in building that relationship mm-hmm. with somebody that's willing to barter with you as it is somebody that's willing to just pay you for your services, right. the credibility and the long-term value out of those two things is the same. Mm-hmm. Well, and it might even be more because, you know, if they've, if
1: they've got a little bit different skin in the game is maybe the the way to say it. But, you know, I never downplay them because, you know, I'm aside from anything else, you don't want them telling their friends, Oh my gosh, never work with Deb because she did such and such and such. And somehow it does seem to take on a little bit different level when it's a barter as opposed to, you know, a paying
0: client. Uh, agreed. But what you get through that bartering can be incredible oh, for your business. Definitely.
1: You know, and, and think about the bartering relationships because they don't always seem to, to make sense. You know, like it might not be something that you would actively pursue. Like say, you know, doing the website for your attorney. Yeah. Maybe that's, you know, and, and, um, that, that kind of seems like something that would be strategic, but always think about other opportunities. You know, I had, um, was getting my hair cut. Love the woman who cuts my hair. And she said, hey, would I mind bartering for, you know, helping her with doing her Facebook page? And at first I thought, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, that mm-hmm. that's not a good match. And then, of course, I immediately thought, okay, how many people does she work with? <laughs> and how many people could she say, Deb helped me do this? So, you know, sometimes those bartering arrangements aren't aren't something that leaps out and hits you, but they're still a great situation to get into.
0: Well, I believe whether you've been in business for two days or 20 years, you should still be actively seeking bartering relationships. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. You know, and and they make sense because, you know, if it is a good fit, you know, then it might be that it turns into a strategic partnership. You know, so a great example might be, you know, bartering time with, say, someone who is doing graphic design for me. Well, then it's like, okay, well, if I'm so impressed with you, then the next time I have a client who's also needing graphic design, I'm going to bring you on
0: my team. Exactly. Uh, and, And as you just gave the example with that one and your hairstylist, there is always ways to barter. And as you get more successful one of the ways you can barter is, as you talked about, is to mentor other people. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't just mean you give up your time. Mm -hmm. That means there should be an exchange from them to you for something that they are giving back to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, It can be a little more challenging when you have somebody that's brand new in business and doesn't have an extensive network and and doesn't have et cetera, et cetera. But Mm -hmm. Deb's been in the radio business for some time. She still likes to get reviews. Mm -hmm. She still (laughs) likes to get positive reviews. Mm -hmm. And those reviews don't necessarily need to be. She's the best radio personality out there. She's not only a radio personality, but she will go the extra mile to mentor people. She will go the extra mile to be sure that her, her radio listeners are getting what they need to move that forward. That builds that level of credibility mm-hmm. for for you as a, a radio personality, but also that same, you know, bartering process can be utilized with many, many, many other people. Mm-hmm. I think those types of bartering relationships are the key to making a stronger network. Right. So let's talk about making that strong
1: network because, again, especially as an entrepreneur, a small business owner, networking is very difficult. You know, when, and, yeah. and we don't, you know, sometimes it's, well, we have to join that chamber, that business group, that whatever, just because it's there. And hello, yes, I fall victim to that. But, yeah. or, or we're stuck in our, you know, bedroom where we set our office up and we never poke our nose out. And we forget that, as we said, you know, there are people who we should be working with who can help us, you know, and maybe it's not that barter arrangement that we were talking about, but maybe it's that introduction. It's a potential client, all those various things. So talk to us about how you work with people to help them build their networks.
0: (sighs) I I do a lot. I work with uh, other folks that do marketing. Mm -hmm. I'm not, and even though I graduated from college with a marketing degree, I am not your marketing expert. But as a business coach, getting visible Mm -hmm. is a huge portion to your business. Mm -hmm. And there are thousands of ways to get visible, but you have to get visible or otherwise you were just the best kept secret known to man. And that does not build your business. Mm -hmm. I will tell you when I first started, I went to every networking event I could get to within like a 50 mile radius. Mm -hmm. I spent a good chunk of my time appearing, handing out my card, appearing, Mm -hmm. handing out my card, appearing, handing out my card. And it has more for me when I coach My clients, that you must be doing more than that. Mm -hmm. You must be writing your blogs and doing podcast interviews and creating a mix Mm -hmm. of visibility. You're going to want to be on social media. You're going to want to be, you know, going in person and meeting the people in your neighborhood Mm -hmm. to see who are the influencers or the micro-influencers that are in your neighborhood. You want to know who they are mm-hmm. because that can change a discussion down the road, not necessarily because they're going to become your client. Just because you have a little finger in that pot can change how you relate to a client there and down the road. Mm-hmm. It, there is so much power in bringing in a mix for your visibility. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I do a lot is I get on Zoom. Now, there are countries around the world that don't use Zoom, but it is a it's a chatting app. It's a mm-hmm. webinar app. Mm-hmm. And I get on the Zoom and I do a lot of my coffee dates through Zoom because I find them to be more productive right. for me. Mm-hmm. But other folks really, really need, and their cultures kind of delegate it, Mm -hmm. that belly-to-belly or eyeball-to-eyeball in-person interaction. Mm -hmm. I think you also do need some of that in-person interaction. Mm -hmm. I know folks that have built their business solely on going to conferences and networking at conferences. Wow totally have done that. And they're very, very successful. Like they don't do any local networking at all. They don't do any real coffee dates at all. They meet people at conferences and they build their business that way. Mm -hmm. I challenge my clients to really think about all of the thousands of ways they could meet people. Mm -hmm. And what are the top 10 or 12 ways that they want to be meeting people and bringing them into their network and then create a mix out of that and Mm -hmm. apply that to their business. Right. And it does need to be done strategically. You know,
1: and, and I think yes. that is one of the problems with someone, especially when they're just starting out and, and especially if they've left corporate America and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and are launching their own business because they've never really had to do this. So they right. do think, well, I have to have coffee with every single person who asks. I have to go right. to every single networking event that I can go to. So that's every right. lunch and every evening. And, you know, all the and pretty much all you end up doing is traveling. <laughs> you yeah. know? And that's a, a very poor use of your time. And, you know, or joining the things that, you know, people have said, oh, this is a great organization to join. Well, you check it out, but there's nothing that says you absolutely have to join it. If that's not where either you're going to find people who do business with you or who are going to, you know, send
0: people to you, if they're not there, then don't waste your time. Well, and when you're new into networking, you don't always know what you're looking for. Right. As you just talked about. You were approached by your hairstylist mm-hmm. to interact with her in a business way, in a way you hadn't thought of. Mm-hmm. Kudos to her. Right. But you don't always see those connections when you're out at a networking meeting and people are pitching their business to you. You're in the mindset of, I'm selling, they're selling. You're not necessarily looking at... Are they a good strategic partner in my network? Mm -hmm. Could they be somebody I could barter with? And who are the 250 plus people in their network that could be good for me? Right. And that's where good leaders get to. Mm -hmm. Please go ahead. Oh, well, and
1: I was about to say, you know, I I love Bob Berg. And he talks about the endless referrals with, you know, 250 people, but then they know 250 people. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it goes on and on and on. But Mm -hmm. let's, let's go back to how, you know, because this is one of the primary things that you do, and that is to create good leaders, you know, and and not everybody's a good leader. You know, let's face it, you know, we all like to think that we might be able to, but you know, and, and that is why some people just love being in corporate America. They don't want to be leaders and you know what great for them, but how do you work with people to really get them to be these high performing leaders,
0: well, it, first of all, it comes from mindset, and that's a word that's overused so much. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's how you approach your day, how you strategically plan your business, and and for some people that are listening, they're like, I don't even know what a strategic plan is. Right. It's it's a complicated word for saying you've made a couple of decisions in a row, mm-hmm. and now you have a strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I want you to be sure that you're making good decisions like one of the the blogs that I just wrote about talks about making decisions to solve a problem we see a problem in front of us like I need more leads so how am I solving that problem Mm x y and z we don't want to be solving problems at leaders Mm -hmm. we want to be tackling our objectives Mm. so the problem is you don't have leads the objective is you want to make an impact in XYZ. Mm-hmm. So don't focus so much on the lead. How are we, how are we getting to where you want to go? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a big shift in how you think and how you approach your day. I did a, a Facebook live this morning that talked to my audience about putting themselves first on the list. Mm-hmm. Leaders know it, it is so easy in our world to get distracted. By everybody else's agenda. Mm-hmm. Good we, and bad. We, yep. I mean,
1: you know, sometimes we want to help them. Sometimes we just are going squirrel.
0: <laughs> well, and, and, a, and it is some of both and you, you will help them better if your agenda is met first. Mm-hmm. So for example, I get up in the morning, I have my coffee and then I commute my 10 feet to my office mm-hmm. and I, I come into my office. You open your computer and what happens? Facebook pops up with all of the people that that have messaged you and Mm -hmm. and want to connect with you. Your email pops up and gives you that little notification that you have mail waiting. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, you're in there addressing all of those things that other people want and need. And what you need the most Mm -hmm. is to tackle your business and move your business forward. Because if not, you are going to be doing those same actions over and over and over and over again. And your business is not going to be moving forward. Because by the end of the day, you have tackled everything they wanted you to tackle. Mm -hmm. You haven't tackled what you need to tackle. And a leader puts their agenda first and fits in what other people want in mm-hmm. need into their agenda and not the reverse. Right. And it's not
1: being selfish. I mean, you know, that's the thing that, no. that, that we want to get across because, you know, I'm sure several people just thought, well, how rude, you know, or, or whatever. It's, you know, you're in business to be in business. You know, and and not to be, you know, playing on Facebook and and all of those various things. And and I'll be honest, I mean, you know, I I am one of those people that is easily distracted, and so I turn Facebook off. I don't respond to emails. You know, all of these various things, in order to to make myself focus, because I am one of those squirrel type of of people. And, you know, and, and but part of it is, as you mentioned, just getting into those habits of, you know, you do this and then you do this and and then you know, maybe you need a break. So you spend five minutes on Facebook and, you know, for the people I, I always am working with business owners who talk about, you know, Facebook as a time suck. Well, there's a little thing mm-hmm. you can use called a timer, you know, mm-hmm. only spend 10 minutes, five minutes, whatever it is on Facebook and then differentiate. OK, I'm on Facebook right now for business reasons. And that's right. all I'm going to do. And then I'll be on right. Facebook later for fun, maybe while I'm eating my lunch. Um, you know, right. And, and that's, that's
0: where it's important to really start developing those habits. Right. And, and you talked about two things in there, one being habits and two strategically planning. Mm-hmm. So you said if you're going to get on Facebook, here are the rules that you follow to get on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You do it during certain times. This is what you're going to accomplish those times. You maybe set a timer I also take it to the point of if you have a 15-minute window to get on Facebook, you better know your top three things that you're accomplishing while you're on there. And if you find yourself going off in in another direction, you need to be a leader enough Mm -hmm. to pull yourself back to where you need to do and get focused on what you need to accomplish. And I think that is why so many businesses feel so busy because what they could accomplish in 15 minutes, they're accomplishing in 20 or 25 minutes because they forget – that they went down a path for a minute and had to come back. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that at least in America, we think we are really good at is multitasking. I know. And, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and I laugh st- because,
1: yeah, I'm one of those that I'm like, oh, I can do this and this and this and this and this. And then I forget what the first four things were.
0: Right. Well, first of all, our brains aren't kept, aren't built to keep lists. Mm-hmm. Second of all, our brains are not good at switching tasks. And whenever you switch from doing one thing to another thing and back to another thing, it's like a train that's on tracks. Mm-hmm. It takes a minute to make that switch. There's always a bit of a leg. Mm-hmm. And if you have a leg twice a day, you can overcome that. But if you have a leg that's 1500 times a day, you don't realize how much that leg in terms of switching those tasks is truly slowing you down. Mm-hmm. The best leaders in the world get really good at being present in that particular moment doing that one thing. Right. You know, it's funny when you talk about that. That was actually one of the, the
1: problems, issues, whatever you want to call it, that I had when I was in corporate America. I, you, I would get to working on a project, you know, whatever it was. And I didn't like it when they would say, you have to take an hour lunch or, you know, uh, because I'm like, no, my brain needs to keep working on that task. Because if I stop, then my brain goes 500 different directions. And you know, I and mean, that really was an issue because they would say, "Well, no, you have to take lunch. You you have to." I'm like, "Okay, I can sit at my desk and eat and still keep working." And that just really bothered my managers. And and um, you know, but but to me, it was a matter of that focus. You know, if I if I had to stop, then my brain stopped, and then frequently it had you know, I really had trouble getting back on that path again.
0: There there is one thing to be said about getting into that creative mind. And then coming back, you do have that changing task. But Mm -hmm. you have the other thing that they were trying to teach you, which is our brains have to recharge. Right. They need breaks. They need breaks. And we are worse at taking breaks than ever before. I recently learned that there are more and more studies that watch how people breathe when they are focused in on one task, especially when they're focused in on a task on a computer. Hmm. They breathe, they breathe shallower. Mm -hmm. And when you breathe shallower, your vagus nerve, that is so important for your flight or fight response, gets stressed. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, and don't give it a break to chill out, recover and come back to your task, you are essentially stressing your body all day long Mm -hmm. and you are not giving it a chance to recharge. So by the end of the day and by the following day and the day after and the day after and the day after you repeat these habits, they can cause a drag on you and your business and you don't even know it because Mm -hmm. you are putting in the time, but it's not as productive as it would be if you got up. And exercise those mm-hmm. lungs, and gave that vagus nerve a chance to to literally breathe mm-hmm. and calm down. It will be much more of your advocate when you do that than right. when you don't. Well, and our body needs
1: oxygen in order to to work well, especially hello that little thing in between our ears. And mm-hmm. when we're not breathing deeply we're depriving our brain of oxygen you know and and so yeah. then it's not going to work as well and and you know even if it's just that you stop and close your eyes and do deep breathing for a while or whatever it is you know it's it's as you just said you know Virginia we have to take those mental and and physical breaks i mean i do it with my eyes you know my eye doctor said now you need to look away and focus and and i do that so you know i should also be doing that for my body
0: yes yes and and we, we don't, especially when we're new into business. We feel like if we just push hard enough, mm-hmm. it's going to get us there. Well, I tell you, it, and I coach a number of physical fitness and health and wellness folks. Mm-hmm. I tell them when you go into the gym and you are lifting something heavy, mm-hmm. you get tired and you have to put it down. Like you couldn't continue to hold that. Right. You put it down. You can put it down for 10 seconds and be able to pick that Right back up. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't continue to carry it. Right. Your brain is is requiring the same breaks mm-hmm. and we are not giving it to them. Mm-hmm. We're not giving our brain and our body the breaks it desperately needs because we are sedentary in what we are doing mm-hmm. and don't think we need it, which is so counterintuitive. Take your breaks every 50 minutes or so. Get up from your desk, close your eyes, breathe in deep. You don't even have to leave your office mm-hmm. and come back, and you will find that those next few minutes you are truly more productive than mm-hmm. if you just stayed at the computer. That's right.
1: And of course, the important thing is to immediately get back into that task. You know, when you come back, if you're going, Oh, well, I have to check my email. I have to look at Facebook. Then no,
0: then, then you've, you've lost that. Exactly. And that goes back to where we first started is putting your agenda first Mm -hmm. you're already seeing in this short time frame you and I have been talking about how you can change that mindset and put your agenda first because you're in that zone stay in that zone do what you need to do and then go take care of them you will be in a much better space you have better attitude and physically be better to take care of them Mm -hmm. once you have taken care of your agenda first right you know and especially if it is something
1: that might be a little bit stressful, you know, and maybe it's just a deadline or, or whatever, you know, that you're putting yourself under stress, your body isn't working well, when it is under stress. And yeah, there is that whole fight and flight and, and all of those various things. But when you're under stress, I mean, that's that is going to cause problems. I mean, your blood pressure rises, you know, your mm-hmm. your heart rate that you know, has it goes a little wonky, all these various things. So taking that little break is going to allow that to your body to calm back down exactly as you were
0: saying. Yeah, yeah, and and I go as far to to coach my folks to and and maybe this is because I live in Colorado and you will understand this mm-hmm. to to go embrace nature. Not right. not only to stop what you're doing, mm-hmm. but but go out into the nature because the nature can communicate to your body mm-hmm. and help it recover in ways that you cannot. Mm-hmm. Right. One of my favorite things here um, in Atlanta. Now we,
1: we back up to a, a big green belt and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so I will go out, especially if I'm feeling stressed, but I've, I've always done this. I've done the whole, you know, get back into nature thing, but I'll go out and sit on my deck, close my eyes and I'm closing my eyes now um, and try and pick out how many different birds I can hear. So you know, I'm not completely relaxing because I'm still focusing on, but, but I have trouble just completely relaxing. So for me, that's relaxing is to just sit and listen and pick out all the and, and it's the amazing thing is that somehow the volume gets turned up. I mean, clearly those birds aren't chirping louder. But when I start focusing on them and I'm tuning into them, I hear more of them, you know, and,
0: and so, you know, and, and that is what relaxes my brain. Well, what you are truly practicing is presenteeism. And in this day and age, we are not good at that. Right. Because we multitask. Um, we multitask. So what you are doing is taking a break and letting your body rest and being present in that moment. And when you can be fully present in that moment, mm-hmm. you will begin to hear and see things in your environment you normally don't hear because you haven't given your brain that space. Mm-hmm. To hear them. Your brain can only process so much information at one point in time and we continue to overload our processor in our brain. Mm -hmm. Give it a break and let it go into an environment and let it decide Mm -hmm. what it wants to hear and be present in that. That is some of the best rest you can give your brain. So kudos to you. Right. You know, and, and many people
1: are able to meditate and and to actually take that time to do that. And I just I never have been able to. I mean, that's just my brain is going 900 miles an hour no matter what. And and but I've right. also never studied with someone who actually you know was was to help me meditate and learn how to do that. So you know maybe I, I could do it. But it it what the important thing is to find what works for you. You know listening for exactly. the birds is what works for me. You know, for someone else, it might be just sitting in their chair and and not thinking about anything for 15
0: minutes. Right. Um, and, and for me, it's finding a quiet place, laying down and putting my feet up. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something about that position for me that allows me to be calmer than any other time in mm-hmm. my life. You're right. We all have to find our own way, but we are also, when you and I grew up, we weren't taught how to rest, right? Except
1: in kindergarten, they made us nap in kindergarten, and then you were never to nap again.
0: Correct. Well, they pushed us out to go recess, and they mm-hmm. pushed us out to go to lunch. But when you're at lunch and you're in corporate America, you got to get in your car, you got to go find something to eat, you mm-hmm. got to get back to the office. There isn't rest in any right. of that. Mm-hmm. There's no rest. Uh, but other cultures, they are good oh. at teaching folks. Mm-hmm. To rest. You know, Mm -hmm. the Muslim culture is certainly one of it. We take time out to pray Mm -hmm. and they are essentially during that time resting their brain. The the Mexican culture Mm -hmm. and and many of the Hispanic cultures do siestas in the middle of the day. Mm -hmm. We rest. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. We're not doing anything else. We rest. Right. But many cultures like ours in America, we stink at it. Well, and especially as an entrepreneur, because we're
1: thinking that that 10 minutes, that 15 minutes, that whatever it is, is time we should be doing something else. Instead mm-hmm. of thinking we are doing something else during that time frame. Um, mm-hmm. it's funny. I, I nap. I take naps. I mean, you know, it's just one Good. of those things that, uh, physically I have found that I, I need to more often. I just don't sleep well at night. You know, getting old is just, you know, and all these various <laughs> things. But, um, and, and it's funny. I found this meme that, that I post every once in a while on Facebook that says, I don't call them naps. I call them horizontal pauses. <laughs> and, but it. naps are good for you. I mean, you know, and, and, and there's, you know, and of course the key is not to lay down and sleep for three hours because that's not a nap. Um, five, ten minutes for me and I'm good to go then until midnight. Uh, you know, and, and I know that maybe I shouldn't be staying up till midnight because then I might not need a nap and bully, you know, and so then I go around, you know, 900 times. But it, it, for me, I need that nap. And, and sometimes it is just sitting and relaxing for a little bit of time. But, I'm I'm not actively thinking about business during that time
0: frame right and all of what you and I are talking about is self-leadership high performance habits mm-hmm. and leading your business appropriately with strategic planning mm-hmm. you will strategically plan like I stayed up too late last night I am going to need a nap today right. when can I when can I fit it in? Mm-hmm. That is a strategic plan and it becomes a part of your routine mm-hmm. that on a regular basis, you are getting those short naps that do a lot to increase your, your efficiency in your productivity, in your life and in your business. Why wouldn't you add that in? Right. Um, but I think about all these startup entrepreneurs and they get so focused on just trying to be successful And they're spinning their wheels more than they are utilizing these high-performance habits that the successful people have already figured out. One of them that I am such a proponent of in 2018 is reading. Right. Open a book Mm -hmm. and read it. The statistics in terms of, I don't recall what nation, there is a couple of nations that really embrace reading. And they might read 70 or 80 books a year. Mm Mm-hmm. In America, people might not read more than four books post college. Right. And then
1: well, I grew up reading, and so maybe that's different because, you know, I, I really, but I, I, now I don't read nearly as much as I want to, which, excuse me, means I'm not setting my priorities right. Um, but it, it is something that, you know, and, and it can also be audiobooks, you know, for folks that, that prefer things like that. But, There's so many reasons for it, you know, and and personal reading, you know, fun reading, as well as business reading. A a big part of what we need to do is we need to continue to learn.
0: And that's reading is how we're going to do that. I I absolutely agree. And, you know, whether it's a romance novel or an historical novel or a business book, you learn so much about perspective, Mm -hmm. grammar, language. Communication, which we typically don't study in school, Mm -hmm. it it teaches you so much that I don't think you can get elsewhere, and the best and most successful in business are reading. Mm -hmm. But those that are starting out in their business, reading doesn't even hit the list of things to do. Right.
1: Well, speaking of books, you have written a book. It's called Yes, You Can. And Mm -hmm. I feel so bad because I haven't had a chance to read it yet. But that just means I need you to
0: tell me even more about it. So tell me about Yes, You Can. So Yes, You Can developed when I was in this pivot of going from corporate America to figuring out what else I was going to do in life. And a friend called me up and she said, can we please have coffee? Mm hmm. And I said, okay, let's, let's have coffee. And I go down and meet with her and she had just been diagnosed with a brutal cancer. Brutal. And it was going to upheave her whole life. And she's like, I I don't even know how to tell people I have cancer. Mm -hmm. Like she was just that lost. And I sat down with her and gave her lots of strategies that she could apply to dealing with the cancer and communicating the cancer with folks, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I came home from that coffee date and thought, why the heck haven't you written a book?
1: Right. If you help have... her, you can help so many others.
0: Well, there's that. But I also felt like I gave her all of this advice in a fire hose when she's already feeling overwhelmed. Mm-hmm that when she truly needs this is at 3 a.m. when she can't sleep Mm -hmm. and and these situations are keeping her up. Mm -hmm. That goes back to pull open the book Mm -hmm. and there's knowledge in a book that can help you get through that and you don't necessarily then have to go through those situations alone. So that's where the premise of this book started. Each Mm -hmm. chapter starts with a story. Most of them are personal stories of my own. Mm -hmm. And then there are lessons that you can learn from that in really practical takeaways you can put into your life. Mm -hmm. Like one of the chapters talks about your self-worth and at least in America, we tie our self-worth to our failures Mm -hmm. in our accomplishments. Right. That that are we successful? (laughs) And And that really has nothing to do with self-worth. Right. Nothing. And so we talk about that in a whole chapter, how to begin to identify uh, yourself as worthy and how to begin to tout that worthiness to your network Mm -hmm. and really give them the value that you have. And as I was writing this book, I really then realized that it's the same mindset tools that any Mm self-leader needs to have for their life or Mm -hmm. their business. And I thought it would be a great first book Mm -hmm. for me as a coach to talk about mindset because that's essentially what we've been talking about today. Uh, And then book two and book three will get more into the foundations to business. So this book is a very easy read. Mm -hmm. It's a short read but gives you practical tips whether you're dealing with cancer or starting up your business or you're just not as happy in your life as you want to be mm-hmm. read this book and it will give you some tips to move that forward
1: great i can't wait to read it and what you don't know is i do have cancer um you know and and but i'm i'm 2 years out so you're doing well with that but it's it's something that as you said as we go through Something life changing like that, um, you know, and whether it's physical, whether it is losing your job, losing your spouse, you know, divorce, death, all those various things, you know, it, it, we talked about them as as pivots. It is how we get through that process that is is obviously what is is important, and you know, I think so many times we struggle because we don't know what to do. You know, I, I laughingly call things now my normal. I have a new normal you know, and yes, we grieve that what we lost, you know, whatever it mm-hmm. is. And it's important to do that, you know, because that was something that was at least a part of our life. We might not have liked it, but it was part of our life. And so we need to to grieve and, and go on. And that is what makes us it makes us who we are, um, you know, and, and that's what is so important about that. And and so I, I really can't wait to read your book. I think it's going to to be fascinating.
0: Well, I, I appreciate that. Uh the the folks that I know of read it and some of them they're very close to me and very skeptical about this book have come back with just rave, rave reviews. Mm-hmm. It was not that's not why I wrote the book. I didn't write the book to become a a bestseller. I wrote the book to help my friend. Right. That is the reason I, I wrote the book. Mm-hmm. Um but it is certainly a great book for anybody, especially those non readers, to to pick up and read because I've written it where I incorporate a ton of psychology, but you won't even know you're reading psychology Mm -hmm. because it's all
1: Danger, danger. No, Mm -hmm."
0: (laughs) because it's all wrapped up into stories and stories that are typical for everybody else. Like one of the stories I talk about was one of the times I drove through terrible, terrible weather. Mm -hmm. I don't, know very many people on this planet that haven't driven through terrible weather right. or been through terrible weather. Mm-hmm. They can all relate to the mm-hmm. stories and then incorporate them into their life. Right. Well, holy cow, we've only got about 10 minutes left. This has just been
1: Thanks. you know amazing how fast time is flying. And you know, one of the things that you were talking about was self-worth and, and part of that is in how we think of ourselves. And I love this. You, you just kind of tweaked my interest when you were telling me that the Richard Branson offered you a job and you didn't take it. So, you know, tell us a little bit more about that.
0: Oh, I didn't. I absolutely didn't. That was um, when I was in transition from one corporate job to another of mm-hmm. really no fault of my own. I came to a pivot in my life where I needed to move where my husband was going and did not want to leave my job. Mm-hmm. And I needed to determine he was more important to me than my job. Mm-hmm. And at the new place we moved to, I applied for a job to work with Richard Branson. I don't know if you remember, many many years ago, he started this SpaceX stuff. Oh yes, mhm. Mhm. I was the, one of the first people to apply to be a part of that company. Wow. And they wanted me to help kind of establish that company. It was such a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I felt like a fish out of water. I felt like I didn't have the skills that he needed. And he mm-hmm. gave me this lucrative offer and I turned it down.
1: Mm-hmm. So was and, that a good was, decision or a bad decision?
0: It was, it was terrible. One, <laughs> I just told one of the best, most respected business people in America, he made a bad decision. Mm-hmm. With really, well, who am I to tell him that? Right. Uh-huh. And, and, and two, I didn't bet on me. Mm-hmm. I didn't bet on me. I said, I don't know that I can live up to that. So I, I'm not gonna do that. And mm-hmm. what kills me even more now, two two things. One is he has this saying about jump in and figure it out once you get there. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that. Right. That is one of the things he's known for, and mm-hmm. I didn't follow through that. And 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 two, I didn't consider myself worthy enough for him to take the opportunity on me. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't have experience in where he was going. I lost such a great opportunity. And my husband reminds me of that because, <laughs> because it was like six or eight months later that he gave an incredible bonus to those that were a part of his company. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get that bonus either. Um, Eek. <laughs> so so there, there is it is my number one regret in life that mm-hmm. I chose not to bet on myself and told one of the best business people of no right that I had to tell him he was making a bad decision.
1: Right. you know and it's funny because you know we've, I've had several guests on where we've been talking about the fact that women really tend to to do that. You know, though, well, I'm not sure I could. And the men, the Richard Bransons of the world say, jump in and we can figure it out later. You know, and and it's and I think that really is in in many cases what happens. You know, we we as women think, oh, you know, I, I just not, not quite there, not quite there, mm-hmm. and the guy's like, yeah, whatever. Um, you know, and and they, and if it doesn't work out, well, then you go on to something else. You know, and and right. we don't want to disappoint. We don't want to disappoint. You know, whoever has that faith in us. We don't want to disappoint ourselves. We don't want to disappoint our our family, our friends. You know, whoever it is. So then we just don't do it.
0: And we realized right. the, that who we disappointed the most was was ourself. Exactly. And that's exactly what happened to me. And what I know is I didn't have the self-leadership that said to go in and learn what it is, go understand what it is some more. And if you really get to the point where the two of you don't think you're meeting standard, well, then you can part ways. But right. I did not give myself that opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, and what's the worst that could have happened?
1: You know, he would have said, well, well, Virginia, this wasn't a good fit and wish you well. <laughs> you know, And, but again, I think, you know, we're, we are kind of, we, we do, we think, oh, maybe not. And, you know, and we do that with so many things, whether it's personal, whether it's professional, and, and, and you know, men do it too, you know, so I, I don't want to just say this is, is only women, but it is about knowing yourself. And Mm -hmm. knowing, you know, hey, I can do this or I can learn
0: it. I mean, you know, there's there's that. Well, and it kills me because in corporate America, I would always. Folks that were trying to be leaders, I said, put put your skin in the game, volunteer for what Mm -hmm. you want to do. And and the worst they can say is no to you. Right. But you don't start by saying no to yourself. And then at the first opportunity I had in 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 a new life. I didn't follow my own advice that it was giving to people for 15 mm-hmm. plus years.
1: But we do that. I mean, you know, we're, we're like the cobbler's kids. You know, we, <laughs> we don't take
0: our own advice. Um, well, that, that lesson taught me to to, to never do that again. Right. And I, I teach everybody else, whether you're a startup business or not, you have as much right to be in that room as somebody else does. Mm-hmm. And if you don't bet on you, they're certainly not going to bet on you. And it starts with you betting on yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and that is so important. And that's what comes across. I mean, if you go into,
1: say, a networking event and you're like, hi, I'm Deb. They're like, okay, whatever. I mean, they immediately tone out. But when I go in with the confidence that I know what I'm doing and I can help somebody with that,
0: that's a totally different um, outcome. Well, and I take it a step further. You might not have the confidence that you can help them, but you should have the confidence that you deserve to be in that room. Right. And every one of us do, folks. You know, I've, I, it, it
1: just pains me when I go to a networking thing and I see somebody who you know is thinking, I shouldn't be here. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not whatever it is. And, you know, and, and so that's why, you know, and <clears throat> that's why you need to, I'm going to, Pitch your book again here. That's why you need to say, yes, you can. Um, and, and so really, you know, get Virginia's book and, and read that because are we, you know, we all have off days. Seriously. You know, I will go into a networking event and think, I really should have stayed in the car, <laughs> you know, just for mm-hmm. whatever reason. But 99% mm-hmm. of the time we need to be on and that 1%, I probably shouldn't go because I'm yeah. not going to be in the right mindset. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I fully, I fully agree with you on that or go with a buddy who can Mm -hmm. help you be reassured. You do not have to go to some of these things alone. That's the point in in creating these barter relationships and these networks Mm -hmm. is that they can be your strength when you are having weak times and weak events. We never never get through business alone. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: Well, Virginia, holy cow, we really are almost at the the top of the hour. So tell people how they find out
0: more information about you and connect with you online. The best place to get a hold of me is go to my website, which I'm sure will be in the notes, but Mm -hmm. it's www.aoeenow.com, short for the Academy of Entrepreneurial Excellence, which is a mouthful aoee com is much easier. You can find inf- ways to connect with me on social media. You can find where I'm going to be live. You can find all kinds of information so how to connect with me. But I do encourage your audience to do so if they're a new startup, if they're looking for leadership education in a number of other things.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, It's I I love your company name, you know the Academy of Entrepreneurial Excellence. It's not entrepreneurial average. It's not entrepreneurial so-so. We all want to be excellent, and and or we should. Hello, why are you doing it if you don't want to be excellent? And and so I love that it's the Academy of Entrepreneurial Excellence. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Thank you. I am Deb Creer. I've been having an absolutely fabulous time talking with Virginia Phillips from the Academy of Entrepreneurial Excellence. You'll find her information at AOEEnow.com. You can also find her book, Yes You Can, on Amazon and, and probably various other uh, websites. And until next time, everyone have a great day.
0: Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.